Hello. Hello. And welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Held in Wildness, hosted by Vita Hoffweber and myself, Maggie Burrows, is a podcast that invites us to deepen our relationship with ourselves, explore interconnection within the weave of the universe, and sink deeply back into the truth of who we truly are. Together, we will journey the wheel of the year, exploring seasonal rituals, ancient traditions, moon phases, plant magic, archetypal energy, goddesses, and all things heart-nourishing and spirits-lifting. Welcome to our summer solstice episode. Yes, welcome. We're so happy to be here with you. Yes, yes. We have made it from one solstice to the other. We made it. And we Uh, were actually just chatting about how the summer solstice is actually um, a very sad moment because the days are going to be shorter again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. know. We were talking about how... um, we were called to discuss this energy of expansion. Summer is such an expanding time. And yet at the same time, there actually is this sort of historical moment of, of reverence for this solar energy because it is at its peak and we're actually going to be moving towards, you know, the sun um, decreasing its time uh, per day. And then the summer solstice, we have the longest day and the shortest night. And this is the, the tipping point where it will start becoming longer nights and shorter days after this. So I think our ancestors did feel that sense of, of deep cosmic change. Yes. And, and maybe even a sense of that urgency to get their crops in order and to make sure that they would have a really good harvest. And for it was um, almost a sign that now the days are going to be shorter again. So fall is eventually coming as well as the, the winter months, the colder months. And I feel they must have been feeling a sense of urgency in that Uh, making sure they would, you know, have enough to survive. Absolutely. And I was reading about some of the traditional rituals and -hmm. and some um, Northern European traditions, they would craft this huge wheel, this golden wheel of of straw um, Mm -hmm. representing the sun. And then they would light it on fire and it would move through downhill, usually on a mountain or a little hill, down through the crops and they try to move it towards a, a um, body of water, but there would be that, that sense of the sun is rolling and moving down, you know, from its peak to the valley towards fall. And many solstice celebrations um, had different aspects that they would offer, like different herbs, for example, blue vervain was something that they would use. And they would also take the ashes once again, like we saw on the winter solstice and put these out in the fields or jump over the fire to ensure that the flax would grow high. Um, Mm -hmm. So yes, many of these rituals have their roots in, in that continued relationship 
with a with a natural world and and giving offering of thanks and ensuring um, abundance. Yeah, it's that mm-hmm. that beautiful um, last offering of abundance, just to make sure that that their harvest would be would be great and abundant and yeah that is so beautiful and um as we were talking about this um we we noticed that um the summer solstice it sounds like this huge celebration which which it is it was but it also has that almost a serious undertone to it and we compared it to Beltane where Beltane is is um more of a chaotic and and wild and free and and the buds are bursting open and of course that has come to an end as well and you mentioned something really beautiful about um that energy of ceremony in that Yes, I was reflecting right before we started recording that the wheel of the year, meaning all of the high holy days throughout the year, in and of themselves create the arc of a ceremony. And usually there's an opening, there's a quietness, and then the energy slowly builds and tensions are set. And then there's some peak action in the ceremony where there's lots of drums that you're sending energy outward and that peak energy peaks and then it wants to crest and fall back down again. And Beltane really has that quality of peak energy and youthfulness. And we have, we have ridden over that crest. And now, although we're still very much basking in the solar energy, mm-hmm. it's calming down. It's maturing just like the plants are. Yes, yes. Yeah, I just find that so beautiful how you linked um, the, wheel, the entire Wheel of the Year to that arch of, of just a huge ceremony. Mm-hmm. I find that so beautiful. And often, um, right now, people are generally more, um, have more energy. Um, we're, we have more sunlight, um, at least in the Northern hemisphere. Um, we, it's, it's a more masculine energy. It's, it's solar energy that we're, we're playing with right now. And I would love to, um, talk about that a little bit more. How, how does that show up in our lives? Um, cause the solar, uh, the solar energy is very masculine. So it's, it's, forward it it's it's strong it's powerful it wants to act it wants to um express yeah, just have, express yeah that strength wants to come through and, and you can see that everywhere in nature as well um and in our communities yeah. in solar energy there's so many more festivals yes. and social gatherings and people are you know going out and staying out later mm-hmm. There's a Farmers markets, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. So so much more um, events and gatherings and and socializing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, this is this energy that we're experiencing right now is is very much calling upon us for 
for expression and being in community and feeling into this energy of almost finding our voices too, you know, mm -hmm. just really allowing whatever wants to come through to come through. Did you have more to say about that, Maggie? No, I don't. Mm -hmm. I, for me, when I feel into this, um, I, I honestly don't really resonate with this. <laughs> I mean, I resonate with, with the outgoingness. I love being out in the sun and I love, you know, the, the socializing and the, and the outgoing energies of that, that sunshine and the masculine. But I also feel that, um, in a way, uh, and we talked about this a little bit, it, that taking action needs to be balanced as well right? By, by taking rest at the same time too. It, it, it can't be too much um, because that doesn't feel right to me either. Taking too much action needs to be balanced with actually receiving too. Um, and I was feeling into that a little bit more, um, how, how we can balance that, that abundant solar energy with receiving. And what, what is receiving? What, how can we, how do we receive? How can we receive more, better? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, let's yeah, receive. How do, how do you feel about, how do you, what are your vibes? I think I'm just going to take it there. I think I'm just going to take it there. <laughs> so I was just at the Spirit Weavers gathering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again. And so awesome. There's many <laughs> ceremonies that are offered. And one particular ceremony that I experienced really speaks to the core of what I really feel um, embodies a balance um, mm -hmm. of, of like really experiencing the solar energy. So we gathered with a group of us, maybe like 20 to 25, and we started together singing and we sang and we we raised and we just really fell into this energy together. It was midday. It was very hot. Um, we were on the stones in bare feet by the river. And we held hands and we sang and we created circle. And slowly we began to incorporate practices that nurtured ourselves and connected ourselves with our root and with our Shakti sexual energy as well. And then we went and we bathed in the river and we really allowed the sensual energy to cleanse us. We called upon Oshun and the, and the goddess energy of water and river and abundance. And then we went back on the shore and just laid and just in a surrendered pose. Mm -hmm just really allowing ourselves to take in, just receive. And actually we, we lay on the, on the beach with open legs. And so we could really just feel total receptivity of that solar energy. And then when we were feeling complete, we got up and did what we need to do next. You know, whatever we were called to get a drink of water, go in the shade, and to me, that really encapsulated a balanced energy of summer, that, that sweet sense of, of gathering and communing and 
and collecting, but also really honoring that quiet sacredness that kind of can come with the intensity of the noonday sun, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it reminds, when you say that, it reminds me of siestas. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and our bodies, many imbalances actually occur in the summertime. People get heat Mm -hmm. stroke, dehydration, Mm -hmm. um, the excess heat sometimes aggravates certain, um, Ayurvedic doshas or body types, if you naturally run hot, um, sometimes mm-hmm. skin becomes um, overly aggravated, or if you have, um, sometimes people have, what is it called, like eczema, things like that, the dry cracking, you know, mm-hmm. and so the, the summer energy naturally, almost on a physical, biological level, requires that as we're taking all of this in, we're providing balance and cooling and moisturizing and um, nurturing, soothing energies to our tissues and to our emotions as well. Yeah. And it's, um, I find that so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that beautiful ceremony. Um, It reminded me of, so we're in this excessive solar energy, right? And very masculine. The sun is masculine. And we can balance that out by water, which is the the feminine, right? Bathing in in the stream, drinking more water, eating more um, fruits that have high water content. Um, And that automatically balances that strong masculine energy with the feminine again as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when we drink our water, even just thinking about like the, the goddess energy of yin, of, yes. of flow, of yeah. restoration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what happens even when we mindfully drink our water, right? We receive so much more. Exactly. And even that, just taking a sip of water can become the beautiful act of receiving just mm-hmm. for a moment, receiving. And that's, let's pause there. Like, let's just get into mm-hmm. that for a second because we were yeah. talking about receiving. And I think that's a really simple suggestion. And yet it's really profound because how what it requires is that we surrender into truly paying attention to shifting our energy to open up yeah to, to be present and and to feel into the blocks or what we haven't been feel, wanting to feel or um whatever whatever discomfort because usually many people especially women let's be real here really struggle with receiving yes yeah absolutely mm-hmm. um and and so you know tying our our water what we're imbibing into um a practice that grows our consciousness grows our awareness grows our self-care and grows our relationship to receiving like that is such a beautiful gift yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, and even um, being mindful of what does it actually mean 
for for you to the listener um to receive how how are you receiving throughout the day what are you receiving what are you receiving in your body energetically through food through drinks what are you receiving and and does it feel nourishing to you that do you feel that it fills your cup mm -hmm. in a way and it's very tough to answer what it means to receive yeah or do we yeah. just let the busyness because the imbalance of summer exactly. is right there yes. you know, like, <laughs> with the multiplicity of invitations and activities yes celebration you know do we let that you know overwhelm us and even though we're participating in so much and maybe the sunshine is out maybe our energy is vibrating like really high and we're not actually taking in what could nourish us or what yeah. we could be receiving because there's so much movement and energy and expansion yeah and even expectation mm -hmm. as well yeah so i'm really feeling this dog days of summer energy <laughs> <laughs> that's what's really resonating for me right now is that like that yes there's that beautiful celebration energy to be had you know but also like that quietness you know that can come with the summer that but it's almost like a, it's not like an internal quietness. It's like a receiving quietness. Like yeah. we're, we're in relation quietness, whether it's to the, the river, the beach, the trees around us, the blossoming roses, you know, being, being in quiet reverie or appreciation of, of all of that around us. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. even if it's just for a few moments. Mm -hmm. it, it will just recharge you mm -hmm. and yeah just by taking a moment and it it uh, reminds me of um grounding right it's that root yeah. chakra it's while we're so we may be more in our headspace and in our minds but when we take those moments we just drop into our bodies again right away and we're grounding with the earth which is so good for our root chakra mm -hmm. yeah. and that's what really allows us to expand is when we have that solid foundation and we feel that connection to mama gaia we feel that connection to our rootsy selves yeah which is also very difficult for for women to do to feel that that trust at least it was for me mm -hmm. that trust that that we are always supported and that we are so held by Gaia and yeah I mean I go in and out of that you know sometimes yeah. I I truly feel that and then sometimes I feel that it's challenging yeah. to to really get back into that that sensation of, of trust absolutely yeah 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 you were gonna share something about the solar plexus too yeah um well there's that beautiful balance right between all our chakras really um but our solar plexus is really um 
that sunshine. <laughs> it's the sunshine in our belly. And it's very masculine chakra. Again, it's where our confidence and our expression and our, it, it's, it's our inner power center, I would describe it as. And for me, this can sometimes feel very out of balance because it requires um, expression and um, getting out there, being seen, which um, is sometimes difficult. Sometimes I feel that my solar plexus, my, my stomach area can feel a little bit diminished. Like there's not much fire and sunshine going on sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, and that can result for me, it sometimes results in nauseousness or, you know, that just um, a feeling of fear in my stomach. So what I've been um, mindful of is how is this showing up in my life right now? How is this showing up with, with the um, um, more solar energy that, that we're in right now? And sometimes we really have to just kick ourselves you know uh, sometimes we at least i can notice this for myself that um we can be a little bit like oh no i don't i don't feel like that right now you know be very in that feminine too much and this is interesting because i just shared that i don't feel resonant with that masculine energy at the moment but sometimes we can be too much in our feminine as well Right. And mm -hmm. sometimes we just have to kick ourselves and say, nope, come on, we got to do it. Got to do it. We got to show up. And yeah, for me, it, it, there's no procrastination with this energy in the solar plexus. It wants to express, it wants to get things done and take action and go for it and be seen. And yeah, it's, it's that other end of the spectrum. Yes. I mean, um, yeah. And in the Chinese medicine system, you know, when we're talking about yin or the mm -hmm. feminine or darkness, yeah. and not like in a dark, weird way, but just like, you know, like, sacred darkness. Yeah. yeah like nighttime yeah. or quietness or soil. Um, and uh, yang, you know, it's energy, fire, expression, but it's also circulation. Yeah. Right? It's our circulation. And if we have too much yin, it means stagnancy on a very biological exactly. level. And actually, as you're talking, and I totally relate to everything you just said, you know, for me, oftentimes it results in a feeling of contraction, like mm -hmm. I'm contracting to, to um, protect myself because quite honestly, I, I wonder, I'm like, am I going to be safe expressing myself? Am I going to yeah. be loved? And exactly. Yeah. Um, where was I going with that? Oh, so when I, when I get maybe in an over yin place, sometimes it can be so go with the flow. Oh, well, you know, maybe I don't really need to do that. I'll just wait until it feels like the right time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Divine timing. You know, yeah. things happen when they should be. When, when, when you create a fire with sticks, right? Like igniting a fire, it takes a lot of friction. Yeah. It takes a lot of work actually to ignite a fire. And, um, but there is that 
like that balance of letting in the light, letting in that circulation, letting in like new energy and letting that stimulate us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. How, how can we ignite that a little bit more and how can we find the balance between the two? And it's like, we talked about this before. It's like inner masculine and the inner feminine. Um, when our inner masculine, he wants to just go for it. <laughs> but when we start making decisions from our inner feminine, that feels like, oh, we'll just wait it out. I'm not sure. I'm just going to do nothing. That <laughs> it doesn't feel right. There, it doesn't mm-hmm. feel that they s- stepped into their role within, right? It, it's the yin and yang. They each have their own role within us, which um, is marriage. Yes, which gamos. Yes, the alchemical union. <laughs> yes, yes. Right? The communication yeah. between them both. Yeah, and I really feel that with I've been feeling into this, um, thinking about what we would talk about. You know, with the with the summer solstice, this podcast, um, the sun is really shining a light on that solar plexus right now mm. to bring all this up, so that we can see. Is there a balance here? Because we're going to be the longest day of the year. So it's only natural to, to have some of that stuff come up, right? Our inner, it's, it's shedding light on, on some things within us, I feel. For Let's us to reflect ahead. on that. Yeah. yeah I want to reflect on some um, very literal aspects of that. <laughs> Most of the year, we do not wear clothes that reveals our belly. Mm-hmm. And there is so much collective energy around this time of the year where we are showing our bellies, where we're wearing bathing suits. Yeah. And for many, for most people, I would say most people have a conflicted relationship with their stomach, with their belly. And yeah, that it can be a very painful thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To- to dive into. Actually, I started um, receiving abdominal massage. Um, it's called Chinit Song, and where somebody massages this beautiful goddess in my community. I so <laughs> know her. Um, massages my belly, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and um, for me, it was a very challenging thing to allow myself to even have another person touch my back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, it's something, there's so many emotions, there's so many nerves. And when we, when we actually allow ourselves to step up and meet whatever arises, you know, that's like, that's when the light really shines. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know? And, yeah. and so I just want to, like, yes, healing can feel kind of like moving into the underworld sometimes and it can be trials and tribulations and, and difficult. But, you know, really like the, what comes after that is the light, you know, and, and I've experienced so, such a deepening relationship to my belly and yeah. to, to my physical belly, mm-hmm. you know, through this practice. And I think it's important that we consider 
our our literal embodied experience. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, our bellies are so beautiful and soft that we live in such a masculine world and how we may do things in our lives, right? Our bellies are literally the feminine softness. Mm-hmm. And when your belly, um, this changed my, my entire perspective on, on my own belly, which I did not have a good relationship with, but now I feel it's, it's better. Um, and what changed for me was um, I read somewhere, um, you know, your, your lower belly sticking out. And a lot of women, you know, they, they don't want their lower belly sticking out, but it's literally your uterus. And just hearing that, just that reminder, just I, I felt like I needed to hear that at that moment. I think it was a few years ago. And that just changed that perspective for me entirely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so give your belly some love. Yeah. Rub it with some love. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And you don't have to be, you know, paying for massage to gently feel into your belly. You know, you can, you can take your hand there. You can, you know, gently rub it. You can put sweet oils on it. Yes. And that creates a deepening relationship. And yeah. So let's, let's make that an offering. (sighs) Part of our summer solstice (laughs) self-care rituals. An invitation. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So Um, we were going to talk about the Empress and the portal of light. We're going to talk about the Empress. Okay. So this morning I received an email. I don't even know. It was just something that I subscribed to, I guess. And I already deleted it by now. (laughs) But um, it reminded me of when the when the uh, the summer solstice happens a few days before and a few days after it is often seen as a portal so we have increased light so it's an increased um portal of light really and it got me thinking about um the empress in the tarot and if you have never seen the Empress tarot card before, if you're listening, just Google an image or maybe we can, we can post an image to our um, comments on SoundCloud. Maybe that will work. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Empress is this beautiful, lush goddess of the tarot. She's sitting on her throne with cushions and just this lush robe around her with this beautiful print on her dress and venus symbols everywhere she's like this feminine archetype of the tarot she's surrounded by lush nature and and grains um which also really reminds me of the wheel of the year um people celebrating grains and um but why i it reminded me of the empress is because it's the number three of the tarot and Um, so the Empress is the third card of the tarot. And (laughs) as you can tell, this has always been one of my favorite, if not my favorite card of the entire tarot. And, um, 
So the empress usually represents the feminine, but it's the more physical side of the feminine. So the abundance of the earth, the fertility, um, the blessings of the land, that lushness, that growth of nature. Um, but as she is the third card, um, this really means to me, it represents us as women, right? So when we look at those, the three numbers, it's one can be the divine feminine, right? Our source energy, our Shakti, it's the unseen, our, our thoughts, our imaginations. Then two, Mother Earth, there's Gaia, the creation and that abundance in the, in the physical all around us. And three is us. So we are in the middle, right? We are in the middle between the divine feminine, that source energy and the earth. We're literally walking on the earth. And it's, it got me thinking because we are aware, right? We are aware of bigger things going on, yet we're physically grounded on the planet. And that makes us such beautiful creatrixes, right? We are the, in the in-between and we get to birth ideas, downloads, and we get to birth maybe actual babies, right, into the physical. We are really that Shakti that, that I feel that's the portal that's opening as well. That's not what it feels like to me. Mm-hmm. We are that Shakti experiencing herself on the earthly plane, right? And how, how can we birth with that knowledge, knowing that we are walking on the planet, yet we're aware of our powers as, as humans, as spiritual beings? And yeah, so what are you birthing? What are you, this is the perfect time for me, it feels, to reflect on that. The summer, everything's growing. What are we birthing ourselves? what's coming through us. And yeah, so I'm just rambling on about the Empress, but (laughs) as you can see, this really inspired me to share that with you. Um, Because we are so powerful and I want everyone to know how powerful they are. (laughs) That's, yeah, my mission. Yeah, and even if your mind initially says something else. Yes. There's probably a deeper sensation that you can also pay attention to, you know, yeah. you, you know that like it's deep in your bones. It's something it's in our bones that lives DNA. within you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause we are all parts of that Shakti. We are all, we are all one, right. But we're all individually expressions of that source energy as well. So how, how can you birth your own expression, your own uniqueness? And And let's break that down a little bit. You know, like Shakti is the feminine animating erotic force that animates Mm -hmm. matter, you know, like that is something that you don't have to be a kundalini practitioner. Like you don't have to be, you don't have to be anything to have Shakti running through. You already are. Like it's something that is naturally just occurring like within, within you, but you don't have to, you are part of this. Like you are animated by Shakti. Like you are Shakti. Yeah. Um, So there's that. See if you can like let that in a little bit. 
you know, let that into your, yeah. That solar energy, that masculine solar energy is bringing form to that by taking inspired action, by expressing, mm-hmm. by using our words, mm-hmm. whatever that it's like the Shakti and the Shiva, the perfect feminine and masculine, just dancing together. Yeah. yeah. And our power, our true power is really generated by our pleasure and our joy pleasure joy yes it's not something you wield over another person it's not something you have to be this like strong powerful whatever (laughs) you know like it's it's like what do you fall in love with like what are you passionate about and like what gets you off like in a really yes Because that's creative life force right there. Yeah. That's how we create shit. (laughs) So right now, like, just just try it on a little bit. Like, okay, I know it might be a little uncomfortable. I know it might be, you know, unconditioning or not particularly condoned in public spaces or what have you. But... Right now, wherever you are, whether you're driving in your car, whether you're walking down the street, whether you're in your living room, you know, see if you can feel into that. You know, like there's something in you. You don't need to make it complicated or overly thought out. You know, like just remember, like feel that, like just, you know, just conjure up like 10%, 30%, 50% of that like sexy energy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Whether it's been a long time or 15 minutes since you last felt that, you know, like just conjure that up and just feel how your body creates subtle shifts. Maybe your shoulders change. Maybe the back of your heart changes. Maybe your hips relax, you know, like that is power. Like yeah. there are you that, that right there. And then if you add on the layer of like what you, like what just really lights you up, you know? And once again, this doesn't need to be complicated. We don't need to think about like your life purpose here. You know, it's like, oh, watching the sunset the other night or, you know, it it can be, you know, singing in church if that's your jam. Um, Whatever, whatever it is that like, makes you feel that elevation, that spark in your eye, you know, those two things combined are your power. Like this is not something that you need to like, yeah, like work really hard towards. Like it's naturally occurring. It's yeah, it's already there. And it's literally being turned on by life. And yeah. Yeah. It's powerful and beautiful. Okay. But I think I'm going to out, I think I'm going to out myself here because I yeah. feel like, I feel like this is something that I really struggle with sometimes. And I think that other people might as well. Okay. So that's all true. And at the so- same time, sometimes my ego comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, And I don't mean like the traditional psychology aspect of like just my sense of self, you know, my, Mm -hmm. my organizing function, as we might say in Jungian psychology. No, I mean like the part of me that wants to be seen, not just seen, 
the parts to me that wants to be seen as something, the part of me that wants to be seen as culturally recognized, as mm-hmm. recognized by my community, as as um, good, as an expert, as being valuable. Right. You know? Like when I get too mixed up in that, I sometimes start to stress out. Yeah. I sometimes start to stress out and I sometimes start to contract and I sometimes start to lose my joy. Yeah. And I don't really, it's not really a fun place to be for me, you know? No, it's, it's looking for that validation and I can really relate to that. And it brings the joy down 100%. (laughs) Yes. And sometimes... You just end up doing nothing. Well, okay. Well, sometimes I do the thing and then I'm stressing about it and maybe I like lost. It doesn't feel good. No, it's really not fun. (laughs) And I just wanted to out that because I think that that is a pitfall and maybe you even started like, oh, I'm so blind. I feel, this feels so good. Yes, this is coming from my place of essential joy and Shakti, you know? And then, whoa, like the next layer sets in and it gets a little clogged up. Yeah. So like, okay, that's pretty normal, I think. Um, I think it's really normal. And I think it would be very unnatural to be in a constant state of joy because we're humans. Yeah. We have emotions and we have thoughts and things happen and or things don't happen or I think it's totally normal to to um still feel peaceful and and love throughout it all but we don't have to feel ecstatically alive 24 7 no right yeah there's there's no pressure around it let's let's put it that way maybe yeah and maybe there's like the aspect that on a fundamental level, it brings us joy. But in the moment, yeah, we're actually in a different space. Like I can remember, um, what was it? Um, was it just last fall? Fall 2017? Um, no, to fall 2016. Um, I went to a gathering and people were really feeling bummed about the state of the world at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Yet I was I was meeting with this group of other people who practice tarot reading and mm-hmm. we were sharing together and we were practicing giving each other readings and I actually did a collect uh, um, a reading for myself and another woman we co-combined and it was absolutely amazing and I and I remember that the feeling that the emotional tone of the evening was very somber it mm-hmm. was, people were upset but what was present was our connection to what we really believe in, you know, our values, like yeah. our connection to self. And so I think that sometimes it's, yeah, it's not, it's like, it's like your connection to your emotions too, you know, of like what you really know is true and like what, what really is speaking from your soul, you know, at that yeah. moment in time. And so that doesn't always manifest as um, uh, brightness or lightness or 
levity. Levity is probably a good word for it. But there's still yeah. that power there. There's still power yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's things can happen in the external world, yet you can still feel on your core, you can still feel love and, and connection to yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah. that's still our power moving through yes. us. Yeah, you know? it's still that, that base that, yeah, well, coming from the root chakra, mm-hmm. you know, that deep, deep connection, um, our Shakti connection. Yeah. That's so beautiful. We can probably talk about this for hours. <laughs> yeah. We should probably Let's, move yes. to the next section. You're ready for our plant allies? Yeah. So I have three <laughs> plant allies I'd I like to excited. share with you. <laughs> so there are St. John's wort, mugwort, and roses. And I'm just going to say right off the bat before I go into each of them, um, that this would make a really lovely tea blend. Like mm-hmm. you probably don't want to put a ton of herbs because they're kind of powerful. Um, but I was going to suggest that if you want to have a sacred, if you want to set aside some sacred dream time, the night of the solstice is a really fantastic time to consider drinking some dream time tea mm-hmm. and having a journal ready in the morning. Okay. I'm um, going to do that. Yes. <laughs> so, and these are herbs you can pretty much get at any mm. herbal store, or sometimes even your natural food store. Um, or if you're wanting to pick your own, these are, there's, these are, these are pretty abundant if you know how to uh, identify them. Um, so if you're interested in making the tea, you know, I'd probably, I'd probably only put maybe like um, a, a heaping teaspoon, you know, of all of these herbs because they could get really bitter really fast. Um, mm-hmm. and, and drink it before you go to bed or drink it if you are going to have a solstice fire, drink it around your solstice fire and um and then just allow these herbs to help you facilitate your dream time energy so let's start with saint john's wort so saint john's wort uh okay so i'll just describe the plant a little bit um it usually grows about two feet high and it often grows along roadsides and fields it's a sun loving plant and it has little, um, little tiny leaves. And if you hold the leaves up, you can actually see little dots. Um, and, you, and if you hold it up to the light, you can actually see the light will go through those little perforations. And actually, um, their name is hyper, the Latin name is Hypericum perforatum. So the perforatum for those perforations in the leaves. Mm-hmm. And, and they have these, beautiful yellow flowers that have um, a bunch of little pollen puffs, you know, coming out. And, and um, if you squeeze the flowers or the buds, you'll get actually this amazingly rosy, gorgeous red, like a rosé wine. 
Um, so those are identifying factors of, of St. John's wort flower um, and plant. And on an energetic level, I would say St. John's wort is like liquid sunshine. <laughs> yeah. Like if there were one herb, one ally <laughs> that is about like letting in the light, like this is your plant ally. Yes. This is your plant um, kin. And so on a physical level, so one little, um, consideration with St. John's wort is that it's a very powerful plant. You know, it's, it's light. It's, it, 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 um, has so many benefits to it, but you know, like once again, you should always consult your acupuncturist or naturopath or whoever your physician is before you take internally a plant. Um, but, uh, it can really increase your body's rate of a metabolization. So if you're on, um, oh my gosh, how come I can't think of the term? I haven't been on this for so long. Um, <laughs> uh, like pregnant, like the, the pill. What is that called? Birth control. Oh, birth control. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you're on birth control, like that's something to consider. Like not really taking a lot of St. John's work because it will maybe decrease the effectiveness if you're not wanting to get pregnant ah, right now. Okay. Um, if you're on other um, psychopharmaceutical medications, that's another thing to watch out for. There's actually a lot of studies. That it's, it's a powerful plant. Um, so moving on to the cool, sh <laughs> the cool stuff. <laughs> okay, St. John's wort is like healing ally extraordinaire. And on the earth, actually, like we see this on the earth, like St. John's wort is one of the first herbal like spirits to show up in disturbed lands. So if there's been logging, if there are things like that, and also with our skin, like it's like healing. It's like a beautiful, just like healing energy. If you have any kind of skin condition, if you have like um, cuts, you know, scrapes, bruises, St. John's wort is an incredible ally externally. Um, and then internally, it's an incredible plant for actually decreasing depression. Probably most of you know that. Um, one of the ways it's very unusual is that it really helps with nervous system reparation. Um, and if you recently had any nerve damage, um, this is one of the only plants we know of um, that can actually help with nerve reparation, not just soothing the nerves. So if your nervous system's been a little out of whack, um, St. John's wort can be an incredible ally. But yeah, like I said, on the energetic level, if you want some support, like taking in and letting in and letting, receiving that solar bliss, like check out St. John's wort. And you know, you can, if you can't take things internally, you know, you can always, you know, rub a drop of the tincture on your third eye or mm -hmm. on your heart or create a little mist um, of this plant. You know, those are always ways that we can um, connect with herbs without actually ingesting them if you're concerned about that. So um, do you have any questions, Maggie, that would help no i love okay. that i mm -hmm. i even um can imagine it 
just when you take it, it's lighting up your solar plexus, you know, like this little internal sunshine. Mm -hmm. that. Thank you. Yeah. It's super sure. fun to go out and harvest. It's like one of my very <laughs> favorite plants. Yeah. Cause usually it's like, I'm, I'm going to the river and I'm like combining it with like harvesting St. John's war or maybe mm -hmm. like at the river bar. It's fantastic. Um, Okay, so mugwort, mugwort is, oh my gosh, like, I'm like, where do I even start? Like, oh, like, I just have to say, um, mugwort, I hardly ever use it for its more traditional purposes. It's just, it's just a magical plant. It is just a very magical plant. And it's good for protection. It's good for connecting to our dream world. Um, it's good for cooling. It's a very cooling plant. Um, it's actually good for connecting to our lunar sensibilities. I love that you picked this. Right now. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you know about these plants, and you want to actually, so another, another trifecta that you can do is if you know what these, what these plants look like, create a solstice um, flower crown. Yes. <laughs> with mugwort, St. John's wort, and roses. That would be incredible. That would um, be incredible. And send us pictures. Yes, yeah, send us want. pictures. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Yeah. So maybe for the, I'll just stick, I'll, I'll slow down a little bit and, and maybe just stick with say, with mugwort as, you know, use it in a tea and, and use it, um, as an herb for connecting and visioning and balancing and cooling. Um, trying to think if there's anything else that I want to. It, it sounds very mystical, very, um, like a mystical plants. I really feel like it is. And I yeah. feel like it's a plant that, um, even though it's an abundant plant, I really treat it with a lot of respect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just totally brings me a lot of joy, you know, on a side note <laughs> for you, Harry Potter fans. Um, my husband, he likes to call it mugglewort. And I just think <laughs> Um, okay. So moving on to roses. I just, roses. Roses. I love roses. <laughs> yeah. You know, connections to the heart, emotional ally, you know, getting into our erotic energy. We all seem to have like an intuitive sense of this. Like I see this again and again. Yes. Like this is something culturally yeah. we know. We know this. Everyone we knows know. this. Yes. Yes. So get your rose on. Um, and <laughs> I also want to mention just like the, the energy of like surrender and mm. opening that rose can bring us, you know, you, you're smelling like, um, a fully opened rose and you feel the, like the softness and you just,